Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. I want my land. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. The best is here, the yards of that's right, you are. You're in the greatest little country in the world, which is Australian film on 3CR, 855 on your AM dial. And, of course, we podcast. This is Showreel with Annie. And in the studio, we've got live guests today. Very exciting. We're going to be talking to Gregory Erdstein and Alice Floucher. Fulcher. 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 <laughs> Thanks, for, <laughs> Thanks for, for correcting me because uh, they've got a feature out called That's Not Me, which is actually causing a bit of a buzz, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's um, for, a, for a little film where we're um, very happy with how it's going so far. Well, yeah, you've got four stars in The Guardian, which I'm not surprised about because I found it extremely amusing. Thank uh, you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you guys met at VCA, didn't you? We did. We did indeed. We were actually just reminiscing before that um, – we have been, the last time we were in the 3CR studios was uh, for the Save VCA campaign back in 2009, which mm. we were a part of, which was uh, a very good time for us. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah, you met each other and you got married. How about that? Yeah, pretty neat. <laughs> so not everything you go into film school expecting to get. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is this your first feature? It is, yeah. It is, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it would have taken a, a fair amount of effort to get this off the ground. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we started writing it about three and a half years ago um, and we've put uh, all our money and all our time into it um, and we managed to get it made for just $60,000 uh, by having a lot of friends uh, donate their time. Uh, yeah, the cast and crew are working on deferred contract payments, so it means that if the film goes into profit, then they get paid then. They've been incredibly generous with us and that's the only way we've managed to do it. How long was the shoot uh, Gregory, because you were the director, right? Yeah, yeah. the uh, I think I was. Yeah, uh, the, <laughs> the the shoot. That's went an f- interesting concept, isn't it? The, yeah, well, the shoot went for twenty five days, but it, we did it over nine months because that was the only way that we could really um, get the film made through shooting in different blocks. So we started off with a three day block uh, two years ago, and then followed it up with another ten day block, and then three, two, and just kind of picked it off what whatever was left and it was mostly just so that we could um we didn't have to preoccupy either the crew or the cast's uh time so that they could go off and do paid work and equally so that we could go off and do paid work as well and continue to finance the film and also so we could uh work around actors availability so uh, for instance uh isabel lucas is in the film and the only way we managed to get her is by doing her two two days of shooting over christmas when she was back to see her family Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's a, a, a 
What's your? I mean, you went to film school and you were always going to make films. But when you say paid work, is it in films? <laughs> I'm a wedding photographer as well. Yeah. Um, and I also do do some acting uh, for for money, <laughs> mostly ads at the moment. Hopefully, more work after this. So, if there are any uh, casting agents listening, please cast me. Uh, but yeah, a lot of wedding. Well, photography. you're the lead in the yeah. film. You're not only the uh, writer, a co-writer, but you're the lead in the film. Yeah, correct. And it's my first feature film to to act in so it's been quite a journey uh, and I've been really lucky to have had a, such a supportive crew and cast around me and I feel like the rest of the uh, cast are so much more experienced than me and that really helped to lift my performance so I'm incredibly grateful for them. Well, I'm really impressed that now Gregory you tell me you did it over a, such a long period of time and with such focus and dedication and as you said picked off Mm. <laughs> yeah. like by the end of it it was totally. kind of, it was kind of a little bit like that because oh God, I think um just remembering uh a couple of days ago how it was this kind of diminishing returns of elation every time we finished a block every t- the fir- the first three days was like, oh my God, yes, we did it, and that lasted for about three days until or three days to a week until we had to get back into pre production for the next block and I think by the the end of it, we had about three or four different. Oh, this is our last shoot day. Oh no, but we still got to get that one shot. Or, and so it, by the end, we just spent like four months in pre production. And if there are any filmmakers out there, they'll know that pre production is the worst part of the whole process. So it got pretty tiring towards the end of it. But um, it's pretty funny for the last shot that we shot. Um, for most of the shoot, we were working with around twenty people on set uh, most of the time. And then for the very last shot, it was Polly on the plane. Uh, and that plane was half a plane at the Moorabbin Aviation Museum. And it was just Greg, me, the makeup artist, the um, DOP, she- Shelley Farthingdor, and our camera assistant. So it was just the five of us, no sound. Uh, and we needed extras. So <laughs> Greg was sitting next to me on the plane with the, the split so he could see my performance. The makeup artist was sitting behind me. The camera assistant was sitting next to her, pulling focus <laughs> from the seat behind. And just Shelley was shooting it. And when we finished that shot, Greg finally kind of got out his phone and we got a little video of us saying, that's a wrap. <laughs> but it was the saddest last shot. It's very underwhelming. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. If, uh, you, you can make your own comedy. I mean, that, that will give people a sort of an, a sense of uh, the dramatic and the com- comedic uh, tone of uh, that's not me because there's a – uh, there is a great consistency and strength in not only the performances, but actually the text, the script is very strong. Oh, thank, thank you. you. That's very nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really strong. And it's got a very compelling uh, anti-celebrity uh, theme, really, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we wanted to make a film that in retrospect is kind of like an anti-La La Land film. Uh, so rather than a film about making it, it's a film about reassessing why you want to make it in the first place um, and thinking about what you really value in life as well. So, I mean, it's a, it's a lot about the period that we're going through in our life and we start – I mean, Polly's journey is very much our journey in a different way as we consider why we do the things we do, why the arts are placed on some kind of high pedestal um, and also – if we enjoy doing it. And the whole film really was an experiment for us to see if we enjoy doing it longer format because we've only ever done short films before. Um, so to see if, you know, in a longer format we actually liked the writing, whether we liked being on set, the editing process and all of it. And it has been a really long process but we've loved it and it's been a highlight, I know, for me of, of my creative and professional existence. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's definitely in there and I think we've always, like when we first started collaborating together, we wanted to 
um, the, the style that we sort of happened upon was this form of social satire that was comedy with a message, as comedy as a Trojan horse for bigger ideas. And we've always liked films and and works of art that that have that that use humour as a as a means of starting a conversation. Because if I think um, if something is too didactic or too serious, it can become um, uh, unapproachable or inaccessible for people who uh, really need to hear those new ideas. And I think humour is a really great way to start a conversation. I mean, you only need to look at the recent success of Ali's Wedding and how that has has changed hearts and minds and, and started a conversation just through humour and not through didacticism. And um, I think that's something we were really interested in. And yes, we're very much interested in that idea of... of um, Pushing, pushing away the the magazines full of celebrities' photos and bringing closer the albums full of family photos. That's, I guess, a, a literal and a, uh, a metaphor for the you know, that's strong in the film. Hilarious uh, characters, the uh, obnoxious <laughs> guy. That- yeah, I know exactly what you're about to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you you actually uh, have the ability to get revenge. As well, oh, a little. I mean, so we're talking about <laughs> so accurate. We're talking about Oliver Brooke as the character okay. played by mm. Rowan Davies, and he does such friend. a great job. He does, and the funny thing about Rowan is he is nothing like that character, which is exactly why we cast him because we thought if we cast someone who had too much of a harsh edge, that character would have been just uh, it, like it would have been irreparable in a way. So we thought we had to cast someone who had a, li- a little bit more of an affability about him. Um, which I love about Rowan, but that character, he, I guess, even though he, you know, without giving away too much, um, I guess he gets a sort of comeuppance, he still leaves that film out to direct his first feature film as a as a director. So well, he leaves as, the, as um, yeah, he leaves as the one of the most um, successful characters yeah. in the film, mm-hmm. I think, and then and, and, this th- is- and throughout the film, he is he is. Uh, creatively and uh, career-wise, one of the most successful characters in the film. But I guess that's... And the most that, cynical. Yeah, and I think that's what And the most pampered. Exactly. He's <laughs> the most pampered and he is that, um, I guess, the the personification of um, of that person that uh, if you go to art school or just... I think everyone knows that person, no matter what uh, industry that they're in, who is willing to... Step on anyone to get um, to get further and bloody bodied, yeah, and all I th- running across the backs of bloodied bodies, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And we've uh, particularly in the creative arts, and particularly going through film school, you see like there's uh, there's a Mexican girl in my um, in my film class, and she had this this saying from Mexico that there's always a bean in the rice, and <laughs> that is so true about particularly film school classes and probably all creative classes, there is always one person who just isolates themselves from the rest of the class and, and does everything to um, just uh, really focus one-track mind to get their work made. And the problem with, I think, in particular with filmmaking is that it's it's not... It's so a, collaborative. It's a collaborative mm. medium. And the if you come out of film school with, with no one who wants to work with you, then it's it's incredibly hard to get anything made after that yeah but having said that i mean the industry is littered with people who yeah. don't have reputations as being nice people because mm. though i guess there's kind of different ways of approaching this career and some people have that cutthroat kind of attitude and they they get stuff made they really do and they're they're very successful in life mm. um i guess for us we want to enjoy the process of, of making films and we want it to be enjoyable for everyone else on set and who's who's part of it so I think mm. it's just a different mindset. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a conundrums. Mm. That's what it is. It's a conundrum. And uh, we're talking about That's Not Me, a film by Gregory Erstein and Alice 
Fulcher. Fulcher. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I know. It's, it's one of those running jumps problems I have. You know, I, I see it, I practice it, and then when it comes to the crunch, I always get it wrong. That's all right. You're not the first. Don't you, worry. You know my surname. <laughs> You know my surname pretty much uh, first go, so that's that's, that's better <laughs> oh, than that's better than most people. Correct. That's oh, cool. really great. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, okay, you're on show real with Annie, and we're talking about film, Australian film. That's not me. Is a film that's out at the moment. It is playing at the Kino. Is it playing at other places? Yeah, it's playing at Kino, uh, Palace Westgarth, Palace Brighton Bay, and Palace Ball, and, and it's today is our the first day of our cinema release. Yeah, and it's it's actually very very amusing film, very strong, very uh, Australian in its. Uh, uh, and it's 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 actually a film that's a really heartfelt uh, journey of a person's from uh, an idea that uh, you must be that princess to a person who actually needs to construct their own practical life. Mm. Yeah, so it's a step away from the world of uh, uh, of false celebrity, basically. Absolutely, yeah. That's a that's a good little. Wrap up of it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, how did you get such great people to act in the film? Because there's, you've yeah. got a whole great every person in it does a great job. Mm. Yeah, a lot of them we knew. So um, Isabel Lucas is an old friend of mine. I met her about ten years ago when I first moved to Melbourne. A bit like Polly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, mm. so much of the film, all of those little details are true. Uh, so I guess that's how we met her. Rowan Davy, who plays Oliver Brooke, I went to QT with thirteen years ago. We started studying together. Steve Muzakis is an old friend. Uh, Rick Davies, we had always wanted to work with. Um, and we, it wasn't actually from Offspring so much as this amazing short film that he wrote that a friend of ours, Alethea Jones, directed called When the Wind Changes. And it's just the funniest short film I've ever seen. So we've been wanting to work with him since then. And he's an absolute delight. Um, but then there's he someone is, like, he's a great, he's a delight. Oh, yeah. and, and he just uh, shines on uh, camera, doesn't he? Oh, he really mm. does. He's got such a killer smile and those great blue eyes. He's just yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So it's not. Nice that he's uh, known for other things other than offspring. Absolutely, because he is super talented. I mean, yeah. he's a gifted writer and a gifted performer as well, and just such a lovely guy. Mm. Yeah, and uh, the parents. Oh yeah, Andrew S. Gilbert and Catherine Hill. Uh, we've been big fans of um, Andrew for a long time. Uh, personally, it was me. It was around uh, the twist. I think Greggles was a big fan from. Uh, yeah, I guess I was a generation. I was a generation late for his uh, work on Round the Twist, but I loved him from. Uh, he was a staple of David Caesar's films in the late nineties, early two thousands. So, and um, I remember the day before. Yeah, we we met him to discuss whether or not he'd be involved in the film. We watched uh, rewatched Kiss or Kill, which is a great Australian film. If you haven't seen that, definitely seek that out. And he's so. He won an AFI award for that, and he's just so funny in that. And it's not a funny film, but his choices like just bring humour to really dark situations. And he's just such a um, a generous person as well as a performer. Mm-hmm. But he's got that, as Alice has said, he's got that kind of cheeky glint in his eye all the time. You just <laughs> don't know exactly what he's going to say or how he's going to say it. But it's it, he just consistently makes me laugh. So, like you said, most of these people are, are, were working on deferred uh, payments, mm. which is a way of making something happen. Uh, that just strikes me, uh, there's a truism in this. Actors just like to act. 
I think like absolutely, and I think it was uh, an opportunity for some emerging actors like Rowan or Belinda Masevsky, who plays the flatmate Ariel, um, and a chance for them to to step up into the feature film world. But then there's other actors like Andrew O'Keefe, who does a cameo in our film, uh, who has no need to give his time to unknown people for half a day, as he did. But he really liked the script, and he liked our short films, and he was incredibly generous in giving us half a day of his time in between The Chase and Weekend Sunrise. So we're very lucky to have him... Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's very impressive, and like I said, the writing is very impressive. Let's we'll give us give our voices a rest uh, with something important to tell our listeners. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. You're on Showreel on 3CR. We're talking about Australian film. We're talking about That's Not Me, a film by Gregory Erstein and Alistair... Alice... Now I'm going to get that wrong. Alice Falcher. And uh, it's uh, released today and it's really worth going out and seeing. And if you want to see it, we've got four double passes. 94198377. You can give us a call. 94... 94- one nine eight three seven seven. If you leave your name and number, I'll get back to you, and we'll mail them out to you, or put you on a list. Whatever, whatever's the mo- the most important thing to do. Anyway, it's it's actually an extremely amusing film. And as I was tell- uh, saying to Gregory and Alice, I was really uh, taken by the incredibly great timing. And they were saying to me that the editor was involved. So tell us about the editor. Uh, yeah, well, I think with um, film comedy as opposed to just stage comedy, it, it so much of um, both the performances and the comedy comes from the way it's cut. And I think the cuts in our film really create a lot of the comedy. And that is down in large part to our editor, Ariel Shaw, who, and this is her first feature. Um, she's also like a, a VCA graduate who was there actually after us and. I think um, at one stage she did the foundation course in which I teach, so she's. I, I'd like to say she's one of my ex-students. So, <laughs> um, but and no, when she's very famous, she, yeah, she's very much uh, her uh, her own person. <laughs> and, uh, and um, it's not your fault. Uh, but she's um, she's a talented, um, extremely talented editor who does a lot of work uh, as an assistant editor on uh, commercial TV. So she's uh, had like a really great training ground, and. Uh, so she came on board and she basically was her own assistant just because um, that was there wasn't uh, the, the means to have an assistant for her and she's very particular about how she organises the, the files. So she basically bought us the rough assembly of the entire film before I even even looked at it. And, um, wow, yeah, that's amazing. And um, it was... Uh, did, did it work for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, rough assembly, like the edit is always the toughest, the first rough assembly is always the toughest part of, of an edit because I, I tend to have an ego death, uh, very early on where I think I'm not worth, worthy of, uh, living or even, uh, being a filmmaker. Yeah, you just kind of feel, uh, Oh my God! Did we do? We, what have we done? Kind of thing. Have but, we got enough shots? Yeah, da, 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 but is um, it gonna work? but yeah. um, we were very lucky. I also had another. Um, and also, you would be very weary. You'd have been really worn out. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. We, we, uh, but the, she brought a fresh energy to it, mm. which was so important at that point. So she came with all of the enthusiasm of someone who was on their first day of work, whereas we were at the tail end of the shoot at that point. Um, but, I mean, even the rough assembly, I think we looked at and we went, there's a lot of work to do here, but I think we've got something. you got mm. a reference point. Yeah. Yeah. We, and I think also that the great advantage that uh, Ariel brings to the table in that situation is that she hasn't been on set so she's not attached she doesn't know what's mm. gone into something she's got this very kind of because you know the big thing is that you've heard all this stuff it's like when you do radio and you've been to events and stuff and you hear all the things and and you think oh i've got to put that bit in but of course you can't mm. absolutely and you have to be willing to as they say kill your darlings when it comes to yeah, the edit absolutely and so i mean there was, like, we, we cut a whole scene out of the film we cut half of another scene out like mm. uh it's a I think uh, I think Greg and Ariel have done an incredible job of making the film economical. I mean, it's 85 minutes, it's punchy, it doesn't overstay its welcome, and I think that is in large part due to them. Yeah, that's really important. Uh, did you have fights about which things... Uh, I mean, yes. In, in, yeah, in, 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 and, and that business about... Uh, you wrote it, so you would have had key ideas that you needed to get across. Mm. So you would have thought... Did all the key ideas get there and were they underlined in the way you wanted them to be? I think so, yeah. I, I'm really proud of what we did. I think it's um, – I think it's has it, we set out to make something that at the very low bar we just wanted to make something that showed promise and I think um, we've far ex- exceeded those expectations. But in terms of um, having something to say, I think there's this um, – it's funny the way in which it gets written up, or we've seen it written up as being quite a, a charming and light-hearted comedy when there's actually a lot of kind of darkness Oh, in I the think film. so too. And, um, Heartbreaking. I actually went away uh, quite uh, in a, a bit of a turmoil over that film. I, I, yeah, um, it's kind of div- I, it's divided people in that way. Some people come at it saying they felt really good about it and then other people feel, whoa, like a, a bit heavier coming out of it. And I think it's... it's like a stages of grief thing. Of, yeah. Oh, yeah, like stages yeah, of grief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it leaves you at, at, a, at a point without, again, giving away too much, a point of, of not full satisfaction, and that's kind of the point. That's well, the not point, so much, yeah. It's not so much a lack of uh, full satisfaction. I think it's more that we've, I've always liked this idea that a film should leave both the audience and the characters at the end. So the, the characters at the end of a film walking away at the, at the ending saying, well, where do we go from here? And... That that feeling should also be left with the audience. Is that the audience walks out going, well, where do we go from here as people? Well, I think it so, does. I oh, think it does do you. that. Yeah, you know, because mm. I woke up the next morning and I was still thinking about it, and that for me is a a, a sure a sign that it actually has an, a genuine effect. It's not just yeah. an amusing thing. It's a, or a light-hearted book that. Because these days, because I see so many films, I get the and I read a lot of books, and I've crossed the line into believing that films are like books. In yeah. the, I don't mean that they are at the same kind of um, uh, type of object or cultural artifact. Uh, I, I mean that people are approaching them in the same way. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's, it is. I mean, particularly also with like the the way that. Um, TV has changed over the last dozen That's years. Right. It's it's very much the um, 
the the classic literature of the day. Yes. Now, yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's quite fascinating. And uh, I mean, as I said, if you want to see, that's not me. We do. You have an opportunity to give us a call on nine four one nine eight three seven seven and leaving your name and number, and we'll get in contact with you about a double pass, because it's actually uh, not just a great, a fine little Australian film, but it's actually uh, does uh, attack something that is a rot in our society, which is this belief that there's only one road to uh, 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 contributing to society. You mm. know, you have to be famous. Mm. Yeah, and the, the idea of making it, I guess, in some yeah, way. Making that, it. that there yeah. is some uh, pinnacle goal that we're all striving towards and that there's like oh, a friend of ours said um, to us a few years ago, you're never going to get to a point in life where you can dust off your hands and say, well, that's life sorted because it just doesn't <laughs> work like that. Yeah. Uh, and that's the same. It should be the same with um, careers, creative careers, all that sort of stuff is that it's it's about the process, uh, the process of it for us, definitely. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it, it, we did try to make something that was um, – yeah, quietly subversive, and um, I guess in terms of that message of, I, I, we've had some so many people, um, uh, creative friends who, who have approached the same point in their life, and they're like, well, well, they swap into some other career, and um, you don't get that same sense of um, of sorrow for for people who swap out of. Uh, yeah, say yeah. Uh, the legal profession or any other profession into a creative career at, at our age in the late twenties or early, early thirties, it's seen as a triumph. Whereas, if someone swaps out of a creative career, it's seen as um, a tragedy. And I, we had a, a friend who was one of the best camera assistants in Melbourne, and they decided that they wanted to, at the age of thirty, study neuropsychiatry, and they were treated on set like as if they were giving up, when in fact, no, they're actually going <laughs> to study neuropsychiatry. Like it's. Uh, well, it's, it's pretty, pretty. Yeah, they've got an long. interest in that, and um, yeah, it is. Um, it's it's definitely something that we wanted to put in there. Yeah, well, mm. I think you succeed, and uh, good luck. I, I don't think you need it. You know, I think you've done a great job. And I and hope so. I mean, it mm. is hard to get people to to go see Australian films at the cinemas. Like, yeah, um, just to see any films, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because going, people can sit on their couch easily and uh, and watch stuff on Netflix. But the weather's very cold at the moment. It's a good time to go spend some time at the cinemas with some popcorn and chop tops and all of that. Mm. And, um, and a big screen. I tell you what, a big screen is just addictive. It is, and, it's, and being in uh, being in an audience, particularly with a comedy, because that laughter is infectious. Uh, it's the best Best way to watch our film is with an audience, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. And not only that, for a Melbourne audience, there's lots of scenes that you will recognise. Absolutely. We shot everywhere around Melbourne. We shot at yeah. the Tote, uh, Back Bar, uh, Richmond Train Station, the Astor, mm. uh, Dimitri's Feast before it renovated recently, like several we shot places. around a lot around um, – because we, we live in Richmond and we shot a lot, a lot around Richmond, so we've been trying to – push the line that we're the most Richmond film since Dogs in Space. So <laughs> if you want to keep on repeating that, that would be great. But yeah, we, we just on the Australian film thing, like uh, we, I don't know who said it to me earlier on in the year, but yeah, we heard that you have to be told by four people to go and see an Australian film. Before it actually sinks in. Before it go. actually sinks in. And, if, um, and yeah, so... I guess uh, this is the first time. Let us be yeah. three of those yeah. four people. So at the we, moment, we'll be three you. of those people. But um, <laughs> if you could be one of them, and uh, yeah, come and along I mean, and this see weekend it. is the most important from today until Sunday because cinemas. I used to work in, work for cinemas, um, and on Monday morning they have a look at box office figures, and that's when they decide how films 
performing and whether it gets another week of, of screening. So these next four days are so crucial for us. Um, and we really want to see more of this kind of Australian comedy being made here. So it would be, mean the world to us if people could support us. <laughs> I'm essentially begging. You just imagine me on my knees right now. <laughs> well, all right. That's it. It's the end of the show. But I, I give my recommendation as well. So, you know, I've actually Thanks, seen it. Thanks, I Annie. think it's, it's worth seeing. I think you should all go out there and uh, – Watch it. I'm going to go out with Can't Help Myself, uh, Vic Farrell. Um, uh, coming up next is Published or Not. I should also remind you that there's another Australian film that you might wa- want to put on your calendar, and that is The Namajira Project. Mm. It uh, is also absolutely. an absolutely fascinating film, and uh, it's a documentary, uh, And it, but it's also part of uh, – and I'm going to play an interview I did with uh, so- Sophia, who's part of Big Art. It's a part of a whole approach to uh, uh, art as – as social change mm. agent, uh, and it, it's quite fascinating. But the uh, Namajira project was uh, had a, a thing at the Nova with uh, Archie Roach doing one of the songs, uh, doing a song to prepare people for the uh, the event, and uh, it's opening tonight as well. It is, yeah. So mm. it's in competition, but uh, no, not at all. And I mean, that's actually um, for us. It's most important that people just come and see Australian films at the cinemas. If not us, and the Namajira Project, Ali's Wedding, Killing Ground, All for One. There's several Australian films. Yeah, and really cinemas great at the stuff moment. going on, at and the they're moment. all fantastic. And all rather than being competition with each other, we think that you know, floating. Uh, what is it they say? Rising tides float all ships. I think yeah. it's great for Australian cinema on the whole. If you come see any Australian film. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Early in the evening, I put my stockings on. When I get home much later, I think where I went wrong. Wipe the makeup off my face. My careful wardrobe, a heap of lace Pile on the floor Ooh. I could win a trophy At a country fair Win the spelling bee while fixing up my hair, but changing me all around to make my words a nicer sound is too hard to bear. I can't help myself. I can't help myself to love. Go to work each morning and go home almost every night. And all my friends will tell me they think that I'm more. One more year that passes by Is just another reason why 
I've gotta try. I can't have myself. I can't have myself to. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.